0: Dana, what were you like as a date?
1: Hmm. Okay, so I have a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I'm I'm kind of boring as a date, honestly.
0: That was the good one that you came yeah. up with? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to Tea Time with
0: Dr. Wang. It's a segment where we discuss various mental health topics that relate to the theme of season three. In season three, as you recall, we discuss a lot of different mental health topics. And so we wanted to be able to provide some additional information around mental health. A bit more about Dana. Dana completed her psychiatry residency at Harvard Medical School. And she is also the co-founder of her own practice called Rivia Med. A holistic approach to mental health where they focus on both treatment and prevention. This is the last and final episode of our four part series with Dana. In this mini episode, we have a discussion with Dana about dating and relationships. Dana gives us the clinical perspective on Asian American dating. We talk about Asian male masculinity, how much of our relationships with our parents affects our romantic relationships, and how to figure out if you actually want to commit to someone. Quick note before we start, Since we've heard tremendous interest in having a deeper, more intimate conversation, if you're in New York City on December 5th, Dana and I are hosting our inaugural therapeutic discussion series. You can come meet us both in person. This will be a small group event of five to seven people. We'll have an intimate discussion about how to establish boundaries with family and how to handle personal stress during the holiday season. You can read more about this event on our website. We'll also include a link to the event in our show notes. There's two camps of Asian American dating Mm -hmm. One is a lot of Asian American males Will think that they are portrayed unfairly in the media To make them look less attractive Mm. So they always have this issue Where most Asian American males are seen as Nerdy or fat and funny Mm -hmm. Or like the awkward sidekick and that they're not seen as like an attractive romantic lead and many times in their lives they have been told by other asian women Mm -hmm. or other women in general Mm -hmm. that they don't date asian men Mm
1: -hmm. so they
0: feel a bit ostracized Mm -hmm. from the dating scene
1: yeah i think those dialogues are definitely happening i actually do see a lot of cross-cultural couples there are a lot of caucasians or other races that date to asian american men but those are not represented in mainstream media mm. but they are very much happening they are cultural values that becomes a point of conflict in their relationships and not so much you know this idea of how masculine do i want to I do think that the value of masculinity is a lot of times internalized in that all males overvalue their value in work the same way that females overvalue their looks, their appearances, their beauty, because those are the common things that we get judged on. So from that perspective, I actually don't see that being so different in asian american masculinity as opposed to all masculinity
0: i think that the thing that we always encounter when we start talking about asian dating is asian males are always seen as lesser and a lot of asian women Mm -hmm. end up marrying or dating white men Mm -hmm. so that creates an imbalance i think
1: i think it's objectifying on both Levels. Mm. It's objectifying Asian American females the same way that, you know, when we're only being judged by a certain way, mm. rather than looking at each individual as a dynamic human being that have their own emotions, their own conflicts, their own value system, their own way of being. It's flattening that dynamic person into how curvy they are, how pretty they are on a scale of 1 to 10, and Mm -hmm. same way, you know, how big muscle do guys have and what kind of earning potentials they have Mm -hmm. and are they stoic? Believe it or not, stoicism is a way we also judge masculinity.
0: Which is interesting because we spoke with Jason Chen, Uh who did this study called the Asian American Man Study. Uh And in the study, he asks questions like, what are some of the stereotypes you faced?
1: Yeah, I think one interesting thing is how do males in general channel frustration and express other aspects of themselves and unfortunately what we predominantly see is that males in general turn towards substance use as a way of numbing disappointment or anger these feelings that they have that they have nowhere to really express or they turn to video games this is very pervasive in Asian American male society it's almost a unique problem in some sense where they get to you know select characters that are different that they can channel that uh, idea of traditional masculinity and you know kind of Be represented in the virtual world that way another topic that we don't often talk about but is very important to address is domestic violence so how much violence is actually existing in interpersonal Behind closed doors, mm-hmm. that um, is a permissible way for for males to feel dominant, to feel they can express their emotions uh, by asserting that dominance. Obviously, in unhealthy ways, by asserting um, their strength over someone else who's weaker, but. I think as a way of rebelling against these societal stereotypes, they turn to other outlets Mm. uh, rather than being able to discuss them or find uh, ways of expressing themselves. Right. There's a lot of
0: internet bullying coming from Asian American men Mm -hmm. on like 4chan Mm -hmm. and like a lot of uh, trolling, I think that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you're saying like in a sense that like a lot of this is a symptom of like these men who are not able to correctly channel their frustrations or mm-hmm. be able to speak about these frustrations that they're experiencing right in society
1: right so that may come out in dynamics in dating right mm-hmm. so if one feels that uh, one has to prove their masculinity or femininity then It can change the dynamic of the relationship from a natural sort of progression of getting to know somebody versus turning that into uh, one side seeking approval from the other side. Great.
0: So we've talked about male masculinity. Now I'd like to know more about family and how that affects us. How much of our relationship problems are related to our upbringing?
1: Wow, that's a um, very big question. (laughs) The short answer is it's absolutely related in ways that our relationship with our parents are our primary relationship and they serve as a template for us to have other relationships Uh, later on Mm -hmm. not saying they're fixed not saying okay you know I have a bad relationship with my parents and therefore I'm doomed that is really not what I'm advocating but I do like I said believe in understanding how do you interact with your parents Um, are there elements of those interactions in your romantic relationships that you carry over Mm -hmm are those behaviors checked in the more awareness that we have of the root of a behavior the more control we have over them the more power we have power we have over them
0: something that i've heard a lot on the dating scene with mm-hmm. asian americans is this fear of intimacy the inability to let yourself go in a a sense of just like enjoying each other's company or the feeling that if you get too close to somebody Mm -hmm. the stakes get higher and like there's this fear around intimacy have you encountered you know clients who have experienced this and what are some of the things that people can do to you know help themselves along especially if they want to be in a relationship
1: yeah i believe we all crave for those things that you talked about um deep intimacy and being close to someone not being alone in this world of having somebody to share our life with is a very rewarding one of the most rewarding experiences as a human embedded with that is it you know this deep sense of um, fear for rejection so that fear of rejection may come out in different ways some people become over preoccupied with controlling the relationship. Where are you at? Who you're with? Who are you are talking to? How come you're, you know, um, not replying my text? It can turn into overly controlling jealousy or uh, controlling behaviors. Or it can turn to um, something we call avoidant behaviors. So that can look like, oh, you know, you're really not as... Wonderful as you think you are devaluing the person as a way of creating distance uh, Or oh, I really don't want to be in a relationship um, I thought I did but actually I don't so that that would be devaluing uh, your own needs for intimacy right so so it sounded like what you've seen is it can be a version of that mm-hmm. of devaluing um, okay uh, maybe I'm really fine being single or being alone but there are moments in which you do really crave um, for uh, an intimate partner. So I think I would invite our listeners to um, understand their own fear of rejection. Um, a lot of times we don't talk about emotions and how to express emotions mm-hmm. in relationships. There's no one to teach us when we're young, right? So that's actually a skill that we can learn later on how to communicate our emotions, mm-hmm. how not to be afraid of emotions. Feelings are just that there are feelings. They don't predict the future they're not omens (laughs) they don't necessarily will last forever they are not scary just because you're experiencing something dramatic we have to look at our feelings and see them as a message what is your body telling you what is your mind telling you where is it pulling you towards where is it pushing you from and That is a window in which you learn about yourself. You Mm -hmm. understand what is your preference? Mm -hmm. What would you prefer as an individual?
0: And do you recommend, if you understand, like, let's say you are that person who's like super clingy and you're like, Where are you? Where have you been? Mm -hmm. I'm worried about you. Mm -hmm. Like, why haven't you texted me back? It's been 20 minutes. and you recognize that in yourself. Like, what do, you rec- what do you recommend that they do?
1: So the first thing I would invite, I would, I would sort of challenge that idea is, are you really attached to this person? Or are you attached to their approval of you? Or are, are you attached to the idea that if they were responding, you know, within seconds, that means they won't reject you.
0: Mm, or that it means that they care about you more
1: right and that in turn means they won't leave you they won't abandon you but does it necessarily mean those things Mm. right we associate them sort of uh, we make assumptions about them right but are they actually the same thing Mm. and oftentimes we realize they're not Mm. just because someone takes an hour to reply does not mean they don't Want to be in our lives? They don't care about us, and they will abandon us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's challenging the assumptions that we make as an individual yeah. on our self worth in a relationship. Do you ever recommend telling
0: the other person mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, like you know, the way that I feel uh, loved is through consistent communication, mm-hmm. or you know, you you not responding to me will make me feel a certain way. I understand." That doesn't mean it's true. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's how it makes me feel, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm working on it. Yeah, like, is that like a, a like a conducive way to communicate with a partner
1: i think being clear on your needs Mm -hmm. what you need from the person what you need from yourself is always a good place to start however i do want to caution that there are different challenges in each stage of the relationship so when people first start dating the first challenge is to uh, act on the attraction be brave enough to act on (laughs) the attraction take a step towards each other right and you get to know each other sort of figuring out do you want to invest your time and resources to deepen your understanding of this individual so that usually is the presenting question at the very early stages of Committing to a relationship
0: how well, make it sound so
1: clinical <laughs> Right well, um, you know if we break it down it may help you to sort of organize it in your mind Yeah, and then the second, you know step after you decided okay I do want to get to know this person maybe is establishing trust so this becomes a very crucial stage when you're revealing things about yourself and you have to trust that person will be willing to accept you willing to listen willing to be there and willing to also make the same commitment that you do invest their time and resources in getting to know you and not judge you Mm -hmm. so i would say without establishing that healthy trust it would be very hard for one person to self-disclose like you just did Mm -hmm. so on the one hand it can be a great way of enhancing that trust of coming clean so to speak like okay it makes me feel this way if you you know act that way and keeping in mind that this is the stage that you're working on mm-hmm. but if there's already a healthy trust level you have with each other then it is more easy to communicate your needs
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then it sounds like it's like the first step of a relationship is to first establish that trust, get an understanding that both of you guys are willing to invest the time, mm-hmm. uh, establish like a good foundation before communicating any of your uncertainties.
1: <laughs> right. If you will. Yeah. 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 It's not easy. No, Yeah, it's not. very challenging. Um,
0: what about the avoidant types?
1: What about them?
0: What is it that they can do to understand or... Soften their fear of rejection.
1: That's a good question really the different types of attachment and when i say that i'm actually referring to this book called attached if you guys haven't read it i highly recommend it it applies the attachment theory to modern dating relationships it's not perfect but i think it helps to put language around it and sort of the dynamics that we see common in 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 dating like what the book is saying is act secure so meaning Can you try to fake it till you make it? Can you fake it as if that fear is sitting in the corner? You know it's there, but you're gonna go forward anyways. That's deep. And then see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's actually something that I haven't heard before. So I think the recommendation is try to get to that place of a stable foundation. Try to set aside, I think, the fears and like the other different types of like attachment that you have. That wraps up our mini-series, Tea Time with Dr. Wang. Hopefully this segment was helpful and insightful for you. I personally feel like I've learned a lot from speaking with Dana. Whenever I talk to my parents, I try to empathize with them and I understand that their worrying is just their way of telling me that they love me. I also am more cognizant when I'm speaking with my friends. I understand that if they're having a tough time or if they're going through a rough patch, it's always good to withhold judgment. And I try to listen instead of giving advice. I've also taken up more meditating. 10 minutes a day, I tend to do it in the mornings and it really helps clear up my mind. It helps me focus and it helps me think about what I actually need to get done that day. It's also really great for relaxation, just as Dana said. And then finally, in today's episode, I really learned about setting boundaries for myself. I learned that it's important to have mutual trust and respect in order to build good relationships. And as I've mentioned at the beginning of this mini episode, if you're around in New York City on December 5th, And you're interested in having a more intimate discussion in person with me and Dana, we are hosting our inaugural therapeutic discussion series. It's going to be a monthly event. And for this particular one, it's going to be a small group of five to seven people where we'll be able to share stories, have a really confidential and deep discussion about establishing boundaries with family. The details are on our website. There is a link in the show notes, so definitely check it out. That's funny. Yeah. I don't think you'd be boring. I think you'd psychoanalyze whoever it is that's sitting across from you. Thank you all for tuning in. Today's episode is mixed and edited by Rachel Chu. If you liked what you heard, Please leave us a review on iTunes and help spread the word about the podcast. We really appreciate your help. Be sure to follow us on social media at rocktheboatnyc.